So, good morning, everybody. It's, been in, it's interesting that we've been talking about valuing the presence of God this morning, because um, way back I was reading in Exodus um, about building the, temp- the tabernacle, and about, of course the tabernacle is all about the dwelling place of, of God. Um, so... I'm going to give you a little taster. You'll be glad to hear that I'm not going to read the whole lot because it's quite a lot of it. <laughs> but just a little taster. Exodus 26. Um, and God's giving some instructions to Moses, if you remember. He's up Mount Sinai and he gives him quite a lot of instructions. And they, these are part of the instructions that God gives him. Um, and he says, Make a tabernacle with ten curtains of finely twisted linen and, and blue, purple and scarlet yarn with cherubim worked, worked into them by a skilled craftsman. All the curtains are to be the same size, 28 cubits long and four cubits wide. Join five of the curtains together and do the same with the other five. Make loops of blue material along the edge of the end curtain in one set and do the same with the end curtain in the other set. Make 50 loops on one curtain, 50 loops on the end curtain of the other set. And with the loops opposite each other, then make 50 gold clasps and use them to fasten the curtains together so that the tabernacle is a unit. And so it goes on. Very, very detailed plans God gives to to Moses, not just about curtains, but about um, the ark itself and about some metalwork that he needs to have done. And um, oftentimes, Anthony, can you put the... um, so there's just a pic, uh, one of the artist's impressions of, of what it might have, have looked at, just to give you an, look like, just to give you an idea. And oftentimes when I've read this before, I've kind of thought about the... Because I'm a weaver by profession, that's what I'm trained in, I've oftentimes thought about the cloth and how amazing it must have looked, all these glorious colours and these gold work and all of this kind of stuff that's, that's gone, um, gone on to make it. And um, this time I was struck by a few different... Things. So just to give you a, um, a bit of a sense of the overall size, um, on the top right of this picture, there's a, there's a plan of an American football field, which is about the same size as a British football field, I'm reliably informed. And then just underneath it is the tabernacle. So you can see it's quite a big thing. It's quite sizable. And um, this is what God had called the, the Moses and the Israelites to to build. So, God gives Moses these detailed plans of this tabernacle so that he can live there. And he inspires some other key people. Two artisans were inspired by God, Bezalel and Aholiab. And I was talking to Jeremy about this a while ago, and we were just kind of, because we're creatives, we could imagine what it was like for these two artisans. You know, they were going to get excited um, they were being equipped with creativity. There would have been like that buzz of ideas starting to happen. They would have got a sense of excitement that something was coming their way. And they probably would have started forming some ideas about what that might have looked like in their, in their minds. But I wonder if they had an inkling of the enormity of the task that was at hand. So just in those curtain bits that I read out to you in uh, chapter 26 there... The ten curtains of finely twisted linen, they were approximately 13 metres long, probably about the length of, or the width of this room, 13 metres long, by about 1.8 metres wide. There's ten of them. They're all going to be woven by hand. Then there's 11 more 
curtains of goat's hair that are going to be woven. And they're 13 and a half metres long by about that wide. Then there's the covering of the ram skins on the top. They probably had to be all sewn together. Then over the top of all that, there's this covering of leather, durable leather. Then there's all the acacia wood and the gold work, the bells and the whistles, a whole lot. There's quite a lot of stuff there. Never really thought about that before. And um, because I'm a weaver, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know how long it takes to weave a piece of cloth because I've done it. The longest piece of cloth I've ever woven, because I had to for my degree show, weave by hand this piece of three metre long piece of, in my case, it was finely twisted silk. It's probably fairly similar. Um, and it was about that wide. And I'm standing for a week, just going like this. This is what you do when you're a weaver. You go like this for a whole week. It's quite boring. Once you've done the design, it's boring. It's just hard work. Often when God speaks to us about something, whatever it is, however big, you know, like this it is, or small, it can seem a bit overwhelming sometimes. And um, I remember back... I don't know how long ago it was now, 18 months, two years ago, when a group of us started to get this buzz um, about a creative place in Barkingham Dagenham, the coffee house as it now is. And we got together and uh, we were hearing God about different aspects of it. I don't think we really had an inkling of really what it was going to take to, to get it there. We had lots of different ideas and then some of those ideas were formed. And the moment came... And Avril phoned me, and she said, I think I've got your place. You know, the job shop on Green Lane. At which point, I went away for three weeks on holiday, which was fantastic. <laughs> but there was a period of time after that where we really had to get our sleeves rolled up. And, you know, many, many of you were involved in that, in making the thing happen. But there was a joy about it. Every Saturday, we were down Green Lane painting... But there was quite a lot of joy about it. We enjoyed it, enjoyed working together. There was hard slog, but it was quite good fun. So there's a commissioning stage. So Bezalel and Aholiab, going back to the story, they were filled with the spirit, we're told. We looked at the source this morning. We live from a different source. It starts with God. His power to save, his word to us, and his grace to live by, it all starts with him. Bezalel and Aholiab were filled with his spirit. They were filled with wisdom. To, they, they were given know-how, um, and they were given, and they, so that they would know how far to go in their own creativity. And wisdom, I think, to know um, how to do stuff in the sense of a team as well. Um, Remember, the plan was given to Moses. He had really detailed plans. Bezalel and Aholiab were the ones who were inspired and had the creativity. Moses wasn't the creative one. I really, that really struck me. Moses wasn't the creative one, but he had the plan. Bezalel and Aholiab, they were the creative ones. They would have really been buzzing with ideas. And God filled them with wisdom to know how to use those ideas to fulfill this plan of Moses that God had given to Moses. They were filled with understanding. 
And I think that probably drove a bit of a motivation in them as they were filled with understanding about the thing that they were building, this um, tabernacle, this place that God was going to come and live with them. They, they got it. They understood it. They were going to be part of building it. And um, again, in the source that we, we heard this morning, um, about a third or fourth line down, it says, um, we thrive on a radical lifestyle that's constantly moving forward. A daring journey of giving, of breaking through, of demonstrating obedience and always with a thankful heart. There's that motivation, isn't there? There's that um, moving forward that I get the sense of here. They're filled, Bezalel and Aholiab, they're filled with knowledge of how to do the stuff, how to actually make all this stuff that God's asking of them. God equips them with the skills that they need in addition to all the natural skills. They're further equipped. And they're also given the ability to teach others. So as they pull this team of thousands of people together, um, they were given the ability to be able to teach those people and pull them together to, make the, to get the job to happen. And then the hard work begins. They get their sleeves rolled up and the team forms. And the beginning of it is giving. Exodus 35, um, verse 31 says, Everyone who was willing and whose heart motivated them came and brought an offering to the Lord for the work on the tent of meeting. Specific things were requested. There was a specification for what they should bring. And they brought, boy, they brought these people. Exodus 36, they brought so much, in fact, that Moses had to say to them, No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And the people were restrained from bringing more because there was so much. There was more than enough to do all the work. God always provides. We've heard this. We've seen it demonstrated this morning. Remember that verse, Luke 6, 38. Given it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, poured into your lap, for with the measure you use it will be measured to you. So God's provided the materials for them, but he also provides for them in other ways. And um, as they start to work. Next slide, Anthony. So they were very, very involved in building God's house. There was that sense of momentum and focus. And actually, it's the same sense of momentum and focus that I get when I read in the Book of Acts. Our development group have been reading the Book of Acts together. And I get that same sense of momentum and focus when I read about the apostles um, doing the work that Jesus had left them to do of, of extending his kingdom and bringing the good news to, to, to everybody. Um, they are so single-minded in their purpose. They're going for it. Um, then there's a, a real sense of attention to the details, because when they finished building this um, tabernacle, which, according to a little bit of research that I've done online, took between about six to nine months to build, when they finished, they presented it to Moses for his inspection, and he deems it good. Now, to me, that indicates that as they've been working as a team, and there were thousands of them, they must have had a really good sense of communi- a really good communication system. They must have really kept in mind those plans that were given to Moses. And they wouldn't have got sidetracked by their own brilliance. I've heard somewhere, read in a book, 
that artistic people can have that tendency to get a bit sidetracked by your own brilliance. It's never happened to me, of course. <laughs> but it can happen. And actually, we need to submit all of those ideas, don't we, to the overall plan and really communicate with one another to get the thing done according to how God wants it, not according to how we want it. I think that they proved the principle that Isaiah talks about in chapter 40, verses 30 to 31. I've proved this principle this week. Um, when he says, Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. They ran on full. A bit like Neil was talking about last week, running on full. And interestingly, they were kind of doing all of this from a place of restoration. Do you remember there was that weird golden calf incident that happened in the middle of all of this, in between God giving Moses the plans and them actually doing it? There was this golden calf incident. And God dealt with them really quite severely on that. But those that remained, they'd obviously, there was a process of restoration that they'd gone through and they were living in that because um, you don't get any of that sense of the woe is me, that you just get that sense of, no, we're going for it. We can see what we're building. There's a, we're building a dwelling place. God wants to come and live with us. How amazing is that? God wants to come and live with us. That's incredible. That is incredible, isn't it? I find that incredible. God wants to live with us. He wants to live with us here today. So, where's God asked us to build his dwelling place. So that was the tabernacle then. And obviously we know that God's not limited to that one place. He doesn't just have to live in a tabernacle now. He lives with us. He also lives in some of the places, you know, that we, that we um, are involved with. So let's have a look at some examples of tabernacles, places that God's called us to build because he wants to live there and he wants to change the you know, the dynamics of an area. We've heard about the Nehemiah projects this morning. God has called those guys, those guys to actually rebuild a nation, to make his dwelling place in that whole nation. We've got smaller examples here, the coffee house I talked about, the community hub. What about our places of work? What about those neighbours down the street? What about those relationships that we know that God's called us to invest in? They're all examples of us building the tabernacle, building God's dwelling place here. So, as I said earlier, we've been um, looking through the Book of Acts um, as a development group, and we've um, used some of the Discovery Bible Study questions to challenge ourselves. And because they've been so good, I'm using them here. This little plug for Discovery Bible Study things. See Sally afterwards if you're interested. But these questions that, are, um, that the Discovery Bible Study thing uses are really good, so I thought we'd use them today. So how am I doing at building the tabernacle that God's called me to do? How are we doing? How does the passage that we've looked at this morning change how I'm living? Is there anything I need to change to obey what God's saying? And what's the cost 